Welcome to Law and Politics. Frustrated about politics and confused on exactly how law works? You've come to the right place, where I focus on bringing you guidance and breakdown of all the things political and legal. Welcome to this episode. Welcome to Law and Politics with Lily, and I'm so excited. I have a guest today um, that is Dimitri. He's from Slavic Vote, which is actually kind of historic. Um, I started with Slavic Vote a little bit back, um, and it's an awesome organization that's really focused on engaging the Slavic community. And I know a lot of my listeners are from the Slavic community as I launched this podcast. And um, I am so excited to have them here and to talk about something that's really special. And I've had a lot of questions asked about it, which is what to look out for 2022. What does 22 means in terms of politics, in terms of elections? And what should every single one of you be looking out for? What dates are really important? So um, that's what we'll cover today and I'm so excited. So Dimitri, do you want to take a moment and introduce yourself? Yes, thank you, Lily. Uh, my name is Dimitri Sashenko. Uh, I'm excited to be on this program and uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation. And like Lily said, there's going to be a lot of dates to look out for, especially if you're in Washington. So uh, just uh, I think you should be excited about this election year. Yes, it's so true. So I'll jump in and cover Washington State. So we have about four elections coming up this uh, year in 2022. It's crazy to say that we're in 2022 now. But um, so we've got, you've got February 8th, we have a small just like a local uh, most of the local uh, counties are going to have a small elections. It's usually just a few um, ballot measures, uh, you know, maybe special positions. I know we have a few positions opening up in the state level, Senate especially, so those might pop up. Um, then we have April 26th, and that's going to be our second kind of local election as well. This is like in case there's any special elections that are coming, um, any counties that have some ballot measures they wanna pop on as well. So those two beginning of the year are always kind of focused on ballots. Um, I mean, focused on um, just small local elections that any county can really, you know, if there's anything that was left over from the year before, any new measures, especially school bonds, anything like that, those typically is kind of what they focus on. So not every county is going to have it. So I will keep posting, you know, which counties participate in those elections because not every county will, but majority, I think there's 32 that are currently enlisted that will, but some, you know, might pop uh, drop out or whatever. And then we have August 2nd, that's going to be the first primary election. And uh, we'll talk about what it means to when we say midterm election, but a primary election is really the first round. And the way it's structured in Washington is any candidate that gets top two. So the top two candidates that win the most votes are going to move to November. It's not based on party. It's not based on affiliation. It's just whoever gets top votes, the top two candidates. What it means is there could be 30 candidates in August for one position and only the top two will move to November. That's what it means when we talk about split the votes, a lot of what all of that, it all happens in that August 2nd primary election. And so it's really important. And I know Dima will talk about this. Oregon has a special system. So Washington, it's pretty basic. Everybody gets to vote. We don't have a party affiliation, but everybody gets to vote. Everybody gets a ballot. Every candidate is on it, regardless of party, regardless of, you know, which party you stand for. But so you'll see all candidates on it. And then the top two will go to November 
8th, and that will be the general election for the midterms. So that's kind of in, in a nutshell and brief what Washington State is looking like to be for 2022. So Dima, take the floor. What does Oregon look like? Yes, yeah, so Oregon is usually, um, I would say, can be sometimes a little bit more complicated, but uh, the other hand could be easier when it comes to the elections. Uh, we have a little bit a different system. Um, I mean, primarily what we're going to see is a one major election um, in January, I mean, in November, and then primary in the 17th, on May 17th. So, and when people hear primary, and Lily mentioned it a few times, you know, what that means primarily is you have a bunch of candidates that are running. Uh, there's always, you know, 20, 15, 10 candidates that are running for each position, especially the governor race, because we're going to have a governor race in Oregon. So you always have a big um number of, of candidates that are interested to run for the governor especially this year it's really interesting because uh the governor the current governor uh, Kay brown is uh terming out so she can't run anymore so that means you're going to have a bunch of democrats and a bunch of republicans running and there's already a huge line of uh candidates that are interested so we're going to see a huge uh selection and i think republicans have already 10 or 15 candidates and democrats around five so and they're still adding on more. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch, if, especially if you're in Oregon. Um, Lily, we haven't really touched on a little bit. Let's maybe talk a little bit about what we'll be we'll be seeing in, in midterm as well, midterm elections because that's coming up as well next year um, or this year. And then we'll uh, I think it's really important to know what midterms are and how important they are. And then also just talk about um, in general and what, what how would how would you describe midterm elections? Yeah, that's a good question. So personally, I think the way to understand is thinking about midterms as the mid right of the presidential term. So obviously that's two years. So, you know, President Biden has been in office for well, next November will be two years. So that's kind of the midterm. <clears throat> the other component is you have the what's special about a midterm election is that all of House of Representatives positions are up for re-election. So we're talking 435 positions. So that's why people really stretch the importance of midterms because you have all positions in the House and then half, usually 33 or 34, whatever falls on the year, a Senate is up for re-election. And that's huge because it's truly the opportunity, whichever way you align, right? And we're talking for conservatives, this is truly an opportunity to take over and change, you know, everything that they are, they're quite not seeing with. And so this is really great opportunity. And we're about eight seats. Um, Republicans are about eight seat difference, seven or eight. Um, so this is really an aim for them, right, when we're talking about. And then the other is obviously taking back the one or two positions in the Senate. So really quite an important year, to say the least. And um, I would personally say this is the more important election than a presidential election. What are your thoughts, Dima? Do you, would you yeah, agree that? Absolutely. And I would say, I would, I would add to that, it's uh, it's essentially a check on the president, right? Because mm -hmm. if people see how the president is doing the first two years, and then they vote based on that. And uh, a lot of times the House flips against the president. So this year, and like with Trump, we saw the Republicans and currently Democrats kind of controlling the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as uh, that midterm hits, it's often flips to the opposite party. So I think it's a check on the on the party or the check on the president. And at the same time, uh, a great way to kind of uh, change things around and 
I would, we're going to see most likely a flip to the Republican side in both houses and House and, and Senate. And at the same time, um, it's it's going to become a issue for the president because then it's going to essentially stall his uh, his agenda uh, and nothing's going to get done in the in both sides. And someone who's a libertarian, uh, part of the libertarian, uh, I believe that when the government is not doing anything, it's probably better for the people because it's better than, I mean, in my opinion, uh, yeah, most yeah. of the time, most of the time. So the other thing I was going to The current add, age, uh, I would probably agree with you on that in the modern times. Right. Especially with the president that we have now who is not very popular and we're not going to, you know, we wouldn't tell anybody at least a Slavic vote who to vote for, but um, we see what's going on. But one thing I, I want to add, if yeah. I can, um, let's not forget also the local side of things because a lot of people might not know though every state has their own uh, uh, line of senators and their own line of rep uh, representatives. So that means also most of the representatives uh, on the local side of things are also going to be changing cycles as well if, if they're running for a re-election. Right. Uh, and, and add to that, um, a lot of the senators, so about 33 senators from, uh, from on the national side will also be running for re-election. So you're going to see that as well. Yeah, and I think that's midterms are great in in you know getting to have change whichever way you align. But um, one thing they do is they really shadow all the other elections you have going on. So the states really suffer during this time because there's so much campaigning, so much marketing that occurs around midterms, right? And then what we'll see is state of the union address also happening next year because it's the midpoint. So that kind of really takes the spotlight as well. And um, honestly, as I thought about this, you know, I thought about Obama and Trump's and everybody's midterm kind of, uh, and, and so it's, it's always interesting because we do tend to flip historically speaking, and you're right, status quo becomes the most you know, popular thing because nothing gets done because the president's party doesn't align with the Senate or the House. Senate is probably the most critical. And so we get status quo for the last two years and really an interesting trend. And I think historically it tends to happen that way. And I probably suggest it's because the presidents do so much in the first two years where they really, really hinder their popularity. And so midterms hit and people are just flipping, you know, parties flipping their votes. And so you get the last of the two years, really not much action. Although I think President Trump did a little bit more than I think previous presidents have done in the two years. But that's just, you know, in the last three presidents, I think historically, it's probably not really, a tr it's, it's more of a trend, but it's very interesting in that. And so State of the Union is one way to see like, what's the direction of the next two years, but also can the president achieve his agenda? And I know we know the President Biden has a lot of agenda coming up and um, hopefully we can kind of create that status quo and not really allow some of those things to happen because I think a lot of them are bizarre and just really out of reach at this point. So lots to look out for. Um, I did want to ask you a question, Dima. So for Slavic vote, what are some things you guys are aiming at for 2022? Again, we just discussed big year, big elections, both state, national. What are some things you're going to focus kind of your time and efforts on that people should be aware of? Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, well, as some of us, uh, some of the listeners might know, you know, like I mentioned already, Oregon governor race is going to be happening. So all the eyes, all the attention is going to be on that, especially this cycle, because you got, again, both sides are going to be running for that. Um, so uh, that's probably going to excite and energize the, energize the 
uh, the, the you know all of the voters to come out and vote because usually it's you know the presidential election is the most popular and then also the governor race right. the most popular so that's going to drive more people to the ballot uh, or in our case uh, you know ballots uh, paper ballots so um, so that's going to be great because that means now we're going to have a lot of better turnout and hopefully you know we, we can see some uh, uh, some races that are. Uh, harder for let's say Republicans to win in, in in Portland, they might have a little better chance just because there's again a better turnout. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to watch. I, I do want to also just add to the the, the primary side of things just because it's uh, it's kind of confusing. I know it took me for a long long time to finally understand what primaries are. And so essentially, like, like I mentioned, think of you know playoffs or a competition where you have a bunch of candidates running or a bunch of players going for that championship, and you got bunch of people playing against each other uh, in this case it's one big race and then uh, as soon as that one candidate wins on the democratic side he becomes the the essentially the nominee to the to the to the general election and the same thing on the on the republican side you're going to have one person that's going to win and is going to be nominated to go against the democrat and then you're going to have that i guess championship uh, race or then you're going to have one main candidate win on the general elections in november so think of Again, uh, May 17th as the primary election to get those nominees. And then the general election will be uh, the 8th, where you have those two going head to head. A little different in Washington, but that's kind of one way to understand. Right. So for the voters, what should they, and this is a really interesting system, not many states have it, but um, for the voters, what do they need to know about primary and general election? Do they need to be registered with a party? Do they, if they're unaffiliated, do they skip a party? Tell us more about that. Yeah, so in primaries, Oregon is a little different as well. It's a, it's a closed primary. So in order to participate in that race, in, in that election, I mean, you have to be registered uh, for two things. You have to be registered to vote in general. Second, mm -hmm. you have to be registered as a part of a party. And specifically Republican or Democrat, because you're not going to get a ballot or you're not going to get a ballot uh, or you're not going to get a governor race on that ballot. You might get a ballot with like all the nonpartisan races, but you are going to only you're not going to see the presidential or the governor race. So, again, really, really important. Register to vote and specifically registered as a specific party, because if you look at the the Oregon in general, uh, the party affiliations, uh, you'll see most of the people, a lot of the people are registered as either independent or they're registered as non-affiliated. So that means so many people, and I think it's, it's probably majority are registered not affiliated with the party. Majority of them are not gonna be voting for the governor. So when you are ready to vote for the in the general, you're not gonna have a voice of who you want that to be nominated. So super important and unfortunately, again, not enough people are registered uh, with a party. So if you are registered to vote, here's what I suggest. Very, very important to go and check your status on the, the uh, Secretary of State website. So most people think they are registered correctly, but they're wrong. And they're unfortunately registered incorrectly for many reasons. But what I want everybody to do right now as they finish this episode, they, they go on their website, on the Oregon uh, elections website, and check their status. And you'll be surprised you might not be even registered anymore for whatever reason. Also, you might be changing address and you might be at a different location and you have to change that address back to where you currently live. So so it's always important every year to just double check your your um, your status. Put that as your, you know, every year kind of a new year resolution. Check my voter registration. Make yeah. that a habit. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to recap. So in Oregon, if you are not registered with a party, you will not be able to participate in the governor's race or any party affiliated race, in fact. So exactly. what you're going to get is no ballot or a ballot with nonpartisan positions. So you need to go. And I know that for some, it's like, well, I really, you know, I'm not undecided, whatever. I understand. And I value that. I think it's important because you kind of want to see everybody. But here's the point. When you are skipping the primary election, what you're getting is ultimately a pie or a cake that has crumbs on it in November because you did yep. not get to participate in seeing the full cake. All you got to see is a handful of the people that do that are registered with the party. They got to decide for you. So think of it like that. They got to decide for you who you're going to see in November. So if that's okay with you, if you're fine with that, then, you know, leave it as is. But if you're not okay with that, if you want to see people and be part of the selection, ultimately committee, if I'd call it like that, actually, it's fascinating. I always think of it like that. Then, you know, you need to select a party. You need to update your registration. Otherwise, you know, you won't be, again, you're going to see the crumbs. You're just going to see the top two that made it that's only a small handful got to pick. Um, so very important. So everybody who's tuning in yep. do really, you know, take that as an important step in your new year process. So Dima, what is um, something that Slavic Vote is gonna do in the next year that people need to be aware of, you know, where they might be able to stop by and um, update their registrations, you know, what's kind of you guys' plan for that? Absolutely, so next year is gonna be a busy year, like we already talked. So. We, um, it's still kind of a fresh thing. Uh, we're going to be like always, we go to different, uh, different locations, different churches, different community events. And like always, we're going to start doing our regular registration drives. So just don't forget about that. You can always find all of our locations where we're going to be at um, on our Instagram uh, or Facebook. That's our primary place. Uh, and then sometimes our website as well. So you definitely check out our website. But Next year, we're doing something a little different, and it's still kind of fresh, and it might change in here and there, but we're going to be going on the tour with Lily and with other organizations uh, who are uh, like-minded, um, and we're going to be calling it a Slavic Faith in Action Tour. So I think it's going to be exciting, and uh, we're going to be partnering with uh, other organizations like Flash Love and um, Family Policy Institute of Washington and, and the Turning Point Faith, and we're going to be going together uh, to uh, key locations where people can meet us. They can get registered, check their registration, um, and meet other organizations as well. And the the key point is to get active, you know, not to stand by, uh, to be activated, and to actually get involved. And uh, I'm um, both me and Lily are also involved locally here with our um, just our you know local activists, I guess, uh, if you want to call it that way. So if you are interested to be more involved and actually affect uh, who are going to be actually running for these positions and who's going to be maybe nominated for a position that's going to be uh, maybe retiring or if somebody passes away, um, you have the voice to make those changes. So it's so not only are you a, a voter and have a effect when it comes to elections, you also have an even more deeper effect. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so exciting. So I, as we wrap up um, this episode and we'll have more that we'll talk about, you know, as we kind of approach these elections, I just want to make sure. So again, next year, it's a midterm election. Very important. All of the House of Rep is running at the national level, half of Senate, and you still have state elections as well as Washington is going to have some local elections in February and April. And 
one important thing is as a lot of I'm people are reaching out to me, you know, as this podcast was launched because of exemptions. Um, I just want to remind us all we're in this situation because somewhere we decided to accept to not get involved somewhere along the process, which means we've decided not to engage, not to vote. And so we are now in a process of where we've had to decide if we're going to keep our job or take a vaccination or if our exemption is going to be approved. As many of you I talk to, one thing we always end our conversation is saying, well, what's next? What do I do? Here's what you got to do next year. If you've decided that, you know what, you're tired, you're done with, you know, having to prove your faith, having to prove whether you need a vaccine or not, this is your time if you're not registered to vote. And many of you that I've talked to, you're not registered to vote or you really don't even know what a ballot is, which is very saddening, but also alarming. So if you are tired of having to wake up and not know what your future looks like in the sense of whether you're gonna have a job or whether you have rights, it's because somewhere along the process, you personally, plus all of us together combinedly, we've decided that, we didn't want to get involved. And so we're in this situation, years of just lack of engagement, where the other side was very engaged, right? The Democrats have been very engaged and very progressive, and they've done really great. Let's give them credit for that, right? Where it's due. But what we've done as conservatives or people of faith is we've decided to step aside from this area of politics and voting. And I know politics is a total different sphere of voting. So if it makes you more comfortable, you're not getting engaged in politics when you're voting. All you're getting engaged is, is to be part of a process and to be part of change, to contribute to your future and your kids. A lot of times I get asked is, why are you so engaged, you know, in a young age, everything, because I'm not doing it for myself. First, my first is I'm doing it for my nieces and nephews because I want a better future for them. I want them to still have ability to at least be aware of some of the rights we had. I don't know whether we can save them for them necessarily, but at least I want them to theoretically know like, hey, this existed and it could exist again. And maybe it will exist, you know, whether, however change that happens. But if we're not doing that, it's at the end of the day, it's again, I always tell everybody I talk to is I'm not a miracle worker when it comes to you know, getting your job saved and getting your exemptions approved. But what I am is someone who can guide you, one, in that situation, two, get you to think about future long-term, right? As a Slavic community, we're, we do so great with running businesses, being leaders, serving, you know, communities through church, serving, serving our own community. But what we're so bad at is looking outside the church building, which is opening your eyes to, oh, there are people that live there. Oh, there's things like voting. I actually live in a separate community outside of my church where my house is at. We have, we do such a bad job of doing that guilty personally. And it's taking years to realize that it's like, okay, I live in Clark County, right? That's a community. And there are things that happen here that impact me, that impacts my business, that impact my family that I need to be aware of, right? So many times we just, we're finally now I'm hearing from so many of you, you're finally like, oh my gosh, you know, I have King County, I have city of Seattle, there's different jurisdictional governments and I, there's permits to do and there's places to get help, but also place to assist to be aware of. And that's something we just have not been involved in before. So start 2022 with any new year resolutions you set or any goals. One is 
make sure you vote in every single election. And Slavic Vote, I mean, it makes it so easy for you. I mean, they're present, they're available in social medias. They they can help you virtually, you know, get you registered. There, there's no excuses today to not get registered and then not vote. I mean, in Washington, you've only got really two elections, two dates. In Oregon, same thing, not that much time, five minutes out of your time, there's voter guides. Um, we, I, SV Action also post our recommendations guide. Slavic Vote does a voter guide. There's so many resources, absolutely no excuses anymore to say, you know, I couldn't do it. I didn't absolutely. understand. Absolutely. Yep, I just and so, to, uh, essentially you, you know, 2024, we can't be saying, well, or 2023, and things aren't looking well for us, and we're back to exemptions or, you know, new sort of thing. It, I'm at a, I'm going to be at a point where I'm going to be like, I'm sorry, I can't help anymore, because there's not much we can do as effort goes if we're missing such critical steps of voting, right? Yes, absolutely. If I can just echo, wait, wait, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, if I can just echo what you said, I mean, that's highly important. So, and what you said, exactly, we're here to help. We're here to help uh, either with Lily's organization with her endorsements and makes it really easy who to vote for or uh, Slavic vote to register to vote and uh, try, try to put out some additional information. Like this year, we're gonna be uh, essentially, you know, questioning all the governor rate candidates and seeing where they stand. So this way, you can either select, uh, you know, what SV Action is going to endorse, or you can go and dig up, dig up a little deeper, see which each candidate, and maybe you have someone else in mind, and we'll, we'll have those resources available uh, for you as well. So, so like Lily said, you have no excuses why you shouldn't be voting. We're here to help from both sides. And then uh, if I can just uh, add, you can also reach out uh, to Slavic Vote directly, you know, on our social media. Follow us on social media. You can ask me directly on my social media, and you can just find us all on Instagram and Facebook. So reach out directly. We're here to help um, and answer any questions. And then lastly, you know, if I can just say one thing, you know, stay positive. You know, I know it looks it looks sometimes grim and sad and looks like the world is going to, into to the end. But uh, what's interesting is there's there's this cycle that always goes it goes back and forth. Uh, I think what happens is when the Slavic the people are not voting, the, the people who are in power, they become weaker. And they stop caring as much and then the other side who's going to be maybe marginalized or whatever they're going to become stronger and they're going to come out stronger and vote and they're going to start winning and then it's going to go back on their end so it's we, we see this go back and forth so now it's our time to get stronger and 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 uh, uh essentially vo start voting again and win and if i can just leave you with one thing and if you just remember one thing today like lily said as well make sure you make a habit of checking your registration or what you do right now is just get off this website with this podcast when it's done and check your voter registration. And if you're not registered, make sure you're registered. And in Oregon, make sure you register with the party, Republican or Democrat. Doesn't matter who you, you stand with, you know, it's really important to be a part of one of those in order to vote for the for the governor race and the other races. You are gonna get a ballot, but it's gonna be everybody who is not gonna be affiliated with the party, with the yeah. primaries. In general, you're gonna get everybody. So just keep that in mind. So awesome. Thank you. 
Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Dimitri, for joining and chatting. Again, we have a lot of stuff coming up where we'll talk more politics, I think, next year on this podcast, a little bit less about law. Um, I think this year was heavy with law, but I think what we're going to see is because of its election, we're going to see more politics involved, but there's still changes in some in laws, but it will be less of. So we'll focus more on that and getting you guys some information. So I will have all of Slavic Vote info underneath the caption of this podcast. So SlavicVote.org, really, if you can't remember anything else, just remember the website because you can then find their Instagram and Facebook and everything else on there. Stay involved. And again, remember, if this year was tough for you with exemptions and everything, next year is your opportunity. This is your chance to make a difference for yourself and others. And just thinking about the future, change the landscape if you're not happy with it. So I'll leave you with that and we will chat again in the next episode. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for joining me today. As a CEO of a small business and founder of a few nonprofit organizations, I'm thrilled to bring you information. To connect with me, you can email me at info at svaction.org.